Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. This is Janine Bolin here, and welcome to today's show where we bring you quality content on saving your time, saving your money, saving your knowledge, while we hope that you're staying sane in this topsy-turvy world of ours. Or is that staying sane part just already a lost cause? The Janine Bolin Show is a syndicated program of four podcast shows that were combined in October of 2021. We were running Three Minute Money Tips, The Thriving Solopreneur, The Writer's Hour Creative Conversations, and The Practical Mystic Show. They had been running since 2017, and we've produced over 300 episodes, interviewed over 200 guests, and today we will be spotlighting one of our authors that is contributing to our 12th book, The 99 Author Project. It happens to be Michael Whitehouse today. He is the guy who knows a guy. And in 2014, he came to Groton, Connecticut, knowing no one at all. A year later, after diving into the networking with both feet, he was a major connector in the local community. And by 2020, he went global and began connecting entrepreneurs, investors, speakers, and others around the world to people they needed to know. He offers his services as a networking concierge, making connections and building strategic alliances around the world. He is the host of the Daily Morning Motivation Podcast, and the Guy Who Knows a Guy Interview Podcast. He also happens to not only be a friend of mine, but he helped me save five hours a week. You can go to my YouTube channel and see that video where I just absolutely love Michael Whitehouse because of the amount of time he has saved me due to one tip of his. Thank you for being on the show today, Michael. Thank you for having me. You betcha. So talk to us a little bit about The Guy Who Knows a Guy, this book that you wrote. Um, What's the story behind that? What started all of that? So The Guy Who Knows a Guy, the purpose of that book was to make me an author. Because at the time, around 2015, 2016, I had about a decade and a half of business experience. I'd run my own store. I'd done sales and all these things. But my job title was print salesman. I was working for a local print shop and I was selling (laughs) printing stuff. So I knew all these different things you could do with print and marketing and whatnot, but all anyone could see me as was like the guy who could print their business cards and take their orders for letterhead and, and stuff. And they wouldn't, they were not open to the conversations about marketing and this knowledge. So I said, well, if I take all this knowledge and I put it into a book, then I will be an author. And author is a higher, higher rank title than salesman. And then I will present as an author instead of as a salesman. And I will have more esteem and get into more interesting conversations. And I never found out if that worked because just before I finished the book, I got hired as a marketing manager for a startup. And <laughs> that was the end of that. And my next job was a publisher. And now I'm a networking concierge. So alas, I never got to find out if the book itself would carry my esteem. Right. But hey, people can go to your website and get it from you. That's the thing that I love is that you're more than willing to pass it along to the next person to help them out. So that always drives the question that I ask people, which is, did you have a marketing background before you became an author? And you kind of are like, yes and no, you were more in sales, weren't you? Yeah. And I did have some marketing background. I, I understood social media fairly well. I understood some marketing principles. I did not know how to market a book. But I never wrote the book to market it. 
I mean, I knew how at the time it was Create Space, which later became Kindle Direct Publishing. I knew how to self-publish a book, uh, partly because a friend of mine who I met through, how else, networking, uh, one of her things is that everyone should write a book. Because she pointed out Create Space, the minimum is 24 pages to publish a book. And it gets an ISBN number, it's on Amazon, it's a real book. Well, as real as, I guess if you have an ISBN number, it's a book, right? Yes. So you publish a book and then you're an author and an author is an expert. So everyone should publish a book if they know anything. And I said, ah, I can write 24 pages. And I went a bit past that. The book was originally 76 pages and the revised edition is 100 pages. (laughs) But so so I, I leveraged it that way because my intention was always to use it to make myself an author. And apparently I'm not too bad at writing because I got a lot of feedback from it that it was the only entertaining book on networking that ever read. Oh. And I actually ended up getting business from it. Uh, one, one particular story is funny that I would give the book away at raffles at chamber commerce events. And so a woman won the, the book and she took it home to, to uh, her husband, who wasn't much of a reader, but she read some of the laugh out loud parts and he laughed. He's like, okay, let, let me see that thing. Cause it's not very thick. <laughs> so and then he read it and he's like i want to talk to him because he's got that magazine i might want to advertise in there ended up getting an advertising contract for because we had a conversation because he read the book so yeah if you if you take the number of books i have sold and divide it by the amount of money i've made from the book i have made somewhere to the tune of 300 dollars a copy but because not from the- selling the copies right right and i think that's what a lot of authors um, are definitely coming into understanding is that there has to be something more than just a book for them to be able to actually make make a living off of writing. Mm-hmm. So if you were to start, like, say today, and you would start marketing your book today, what is some changes that you would make in the way you presented things? Or would you just keep things pretty much the way they are? I mean, it, it worked well for what it was, and for its purpose. And it's funny, because I basically rolled out the book backwards so i didn't start as the guy who knows the guy and then write a book and and build it out i wrote this book i called the guy who knows the guy and i i think in my mother came up with the name i think because the book on networking i came to groton connecticut in 2014 knowing nobody and started just jumped straight into networking ignorance on fire went to every networking event i could talked to everyone i could and because i had nothing to offer other than the connections i was making as i did this Basically, so I wouldn't waste people's time, I started making introductions. And because, you know, I didn't really own a business. I didn't have any money. I didn't, I just had these connections. So I started making connections. I started making pretty significant connections, mayors, owners, CEOs of local companies who didn't know each other. And they were really glad to get them. That was valuable. And then I said, well, I seem to be more connected than most people around me. I might as well write it down and (laughs) write down how I did it. And then I'd have a book. So, so that gave me the book, The Guy Who Knows a Guy. A friend of mine who's a marketing person said, well, you should have a website. I was like, okay, well, I have, a, uh, I have access to a, a platform where I can put websites for the cost of URL. And so I got the website, guywhoknowsaguy.com. And now the book had a website. And then everything else I did when I squirreled out, I'd be like, oh, I should maybe do some coaching. Well, I put a coaching page on The Guy Who Knows a Guy website. I kind of want to do appearances and speaking. Not that I was terribly effective at the time, but you know, I want to do that. So I created an appearance page on the website. I said, oh, I should do a podcast. What should I call the podcast? 
I guess I'll call it the guy who knows a guy because I got this website and I can make guy who knows a guy.com slash podcast. And so it kind of grew out from there. And as I was giving the book away at raffles, if you run the chamber of commerce, who would you rather have the author of the guy who knows a guy or the guy who knows a guy himself? <laughs> so they started calling me the guy who knows a guy to basically make themselves sound better, which I'm totally fine with. And that became kind of a, a nickname, which is secondary to what I did because I was still you know, a salesman or a magazine publisher or whatever. But when the pandemic came and it sort of cleared the table off, I said, I'm going to lean into this, the guy who knows a guy as a brand. But it started as the book. The book expanded to be me. That is fascinating because I can tell you with all the books that I've written, that kind of is exactly how it spiders when you start off with an idea. Like I wrote this little book called Author Podcasting. The next thing I know, I, you know, it's like, like you said, it just expands. You just keep adding pages and adding pages mm -hmm. as you, as you build out your business and there you go. So what process did you try that was like an epic failure when it came to selling your books? I know you never really originally intended it to, to sell, but mm -hmm. we all have those horror stories of, and I invested $7,000, $10,000, you know, everybody has their investment story that just flopped. Do you have one you care to share? Well, so I don't have a, a catastrophic money investment story because the thing about being broke for most of the time <laughs> until my business took off is if you don't have money, you can't uh, spend it wrong because you can't spend it at all. Touche. So <laughs> that kept me out of the, the really catastrophic, you know, I spent $7,000 on this thing. I did uh, have a little adventure with audio recording as an audio book because I said, oh, I like reading and speaking and talking. Basically, you put a microphone in front of me, I'm happy, I'll do whatever. And I could read my book into the microphone and it would be an audio book. So apparently there's something else in the process other than just reading the book into the microphone. I think, I don't know, because I've never had the attention span to figure out how to get it on Audible. So there exists an MP3 of my book. I then tried to put it up and said, I don't have the time to figure this out because it needs like this much in the leader and the, the trailer and something in the, I don't even know what it needs because I haven't been able to focus enough to do it. So I've, I've just used it as a lead magnet in which I say, if you get my book on my website, it will then say, if you'd like the audiobook, reply to this email and I'll send you the, the MP3, which I did. I did the interesting experience recently when my Google drive was filling up and I uh, took the biggest files and downloaded them to my hard drive and then deleted them. And I didn't realize my audiobook was as big as it is because it apparently made the cut for biggest files that need to be downloaded and removed. Uh, so <laughs> I went to send someone the audiobook. I'm like, where is it? Where'd it go? Oh no. I just searched through all these files to find it again. But, uh, but yeah, you know, so, so I, so I ended up kind of pivoting it because I think it would be cool to have the audiobook on Audible but not cool enough to put in the amount of effort it's going to take to figure out how to put it up there. Right. And and it is, there are so many moving parts now. It's ridiculous. It is. So no, I totally understand your pain on that one. So what story do you like to tell about yourself that gets the most laughs from your target audience? I think this, the, the story, the, the expanded version of the, how I came to Groton story is, is what gets a lot of, um, get some chuckles because the the full version the way i normally tell the story is that i came to groton knowing knowing nobody and so i started going to networking events I went to my first networking event the day before i actually moved here and it was ignorance on fire i went to 
any networking event I could find. I would go to a ribbon cutting, hair cutting, line cutting, business before hours, business after hours, business during hours. I would have shown up to the opening of an envelope. <laughs> and after telling that story enough times, it gets some laughs as long yes. as I can remember it. As long order. as I can remember the story. Okay, so just out of curiosity, because people are going to want to know this, and I'm dying to know, so I'm asking the question, and that is, okay, so you went to all these networking events. What did you have, like a Google spreadsheet where you tracked everybody? How did you track everybody and do follow-up so that you could do the interviews? Did you have some secret sauce? Oh, I wasn't that organized. <laughs> no, I had I had no system at all at that time. So at that time, back in... 2014 all I was doing is meeting people and it was pure instinct I'd meet someone and then I'd be like oh you know who you should meet I talked to someone recently and often my connections are based on recency even to this day although I have more systems in place that the the probability of me making an introduction to someone who's not a client because now people hire me to make introductions for them they get introduced because they're on the whiteboard in front of me constantly and I always remember that but for a random person who I happen to meet the probability of them getting introduction drops precipitously after 48 hours because I don't necessarily remember that I met them because I meet so many people. And so the same thing would happen. I'd be at an event. <laughs> I'd meet someone. I'd meet someone else. I'd meet someone else. And I'd say, oh, have you met that person over there? I just met them 15 minutes earlier, but they match what the person I'm talking to is looking for. And that's how I'd make a lot of those connections. And then oftentimes it was someone worth following up with. I'd take their business card home. I would send them an email. I would say, hey, let's set up a, a, I almost said virtual coffee, a live coffee. This was back in those times. Right. We drive out and meet each other. And, and as my, my calendar hurts, just thinking about this, I'd like drive 30 minutes and then talk to them for 45 minutes and drive 30. Like every meeting took two hours. It was crazy. It was crazy in these these back before times. And the way we, we lit a fire and we roasted some dinosaur meat. And we got back <laughs> I on know. Horses. Like... <laughs> and... I just think about the amount of time we spent in our cars going to meetings. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I was listening to a lot of podcasts back then. That was, that was so bad. Like then they hadn't invented stirrups for horses yet. I just rode bareback to these meetings. <laughs> you just rode for back in those of days. course, of course. So what was the biggest change that you've seen in yourself since you became an author? You know, like you decided you needed to become an author, author, and you started doing this marketing. So what's kind of the biggest change you've seen in yourself? I think becoming an author was the beginning of taking on an identity that wasn't just ne'er-do-well entrepreneur. Because for, for the first few years, I was literally just a starry-eyed dreamer being like, I've got ideas. They weren't good <laughs> ideas. They weren't, they weren't actual businesses like... I know some stuff and maybe I can teach it to somebody. There was no, forget avatars. There was no business plan. I didn't know what my offer. I like, it was, it was a mess. So, so I kind of drifted from job to job, all of which I found through networking, of course. And yeah, I sold cars. I sold printing. Uh, I then became a magazine publisher, but becoming a, an author started to solidify a brand, a personal brand, not sorry, a business brand, but a personal brand of, I wasn't just some salesman. I was the guy who knows a guy. At the time, that didn't mean anything because I couldn't make any money from it. And I had connections, but I was well-connected in Southeast Connecticut, which is a lovely place, but not the commercial center of the world by any means. 
um, you know, commercial center if you're building submarines, but I wasn't actually networked in the submarine world. <laughs> so, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't connected in New York. I wasn't connected in Boston. I wasn't connected in Hartford. I was just connected down in this local area. And as it turned out, that was a practice run. That's where I honed my skills. So when the pandemic uploaded me to the internet and I started connecting to really significant, you know, people who have multiple commas in their bank account on a regular basis because they're, they've got tens of thousands of clients and their authorities in their field and they're a big deal. I knew how to provide value to them by making connections and doing all these things I'd practiced. And so it was kind of a, a progression from becoming an author, becoming the guy who knows a guy, developing this identity, and then the pandemic providing the opportunity to be saying, I'm going into that. You know, this this guy knows a guy thing. Maybe I should just do that. And <laughs> Instead of playing side, at it. <laughs> not just have it be like a sideline thing that's, that supports someone else's business, but let's see if I can just be that. And that really is when you got some traction on it. I, I know yeah. that from having watched you over the course of those two years as you were mm -hmm. really coming into your own on that. Yeah, I, I was an overnight success. So it took me 18 months to get to profitability. So overnight. <laughs> overnight, yeah. In the scale of business, really, 18 months to 18 months from I should pursue my entrepreneurial path somehow to starting making revenue five months away from six figures is actually pretty quick. It is. And you did very well at it. So one of the things I'd like to ask all the authors for this book is what are the top five tips that you would give authors regarding their books? And you were like, hey, I can't really tell anybody about how to sell books because I didn't do that. But you had a better way. You had your five tips for what? Go ahead and share that with us. Yeah. So, so I have five tips in no particular squirrel order, but uh, that, that are around this idea because my is that I didn't market my book in the traditional sense of selling a lot of copies. I used my book to market me and used it as leverage. But so the five tips, the first one is build a community around your book. And, and the second one, some of that is make your book the beginning of the experience, not the end. So it's not just a matter of sell your book, they read your book. Okay, that's nice. But build a Facebook group, build the Telegram, get people talking about it, get people into the world. If it's fiction, get people writing fanfic. If it's, if it's, yeah, I've, I've the guy who knows a guy group on Facebook, the private group of all the people. Of, I only invite people who I've met into it. I'm building the guy who knows a guy community around that. Uh, the, the third thing I'd say is leverage your book for other platforms, stage, podcast, etc. You know, when you say I'm an author, it sounds more impressive than I'm a whatever else because authors, it, it, even though people know you can self-publish a book, there's still that esteem of oh, an author because just because you can doesn't mean you do. So right. it does still put you into an elite class. Well, these are people who've tried. Um, mm -hmm. Fourth, books make great gifts that people keep. People throw away business cards. They don't throw away books. Because, you know, what kind of a monster throws away a book? And <laughs> if they do, do you really want to know them anyway? Really? <laughs> really? Really? But, but if you give away, you know, if you, whether self-published or not, if you give them a copy of your book, one, it's always going to be there. And they're going to be like, oh, I remember Jadine. Because there's her book right there. Never read it. But there she is. Right. <laughs> and they might even read it. And then when oh, they gasp. read it, the book might contain your story and your ideas and all these things that make me say, because I've, I've gotten books from people that I had not gotten around to reading for six months, nine months, 12 months. And then I read it and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize this person was that interesting. I need to reconnect with them. So, so a book is like a little sleeper agent that you can. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, 
And, and the fifth one is use your book to start conversations you couldn't have otherwise. And that's kind of getting to that, that sleeper agent that, that it can tell those stories that you might not otherwise, uh, you know, you could, if there's someone you want to connect with, you could mail them a copy of your book and they might read it or at least the first 20, 10, 20 pages. And that might have your backstory. Like my, the first chapter of my book is my backstory, how I became the guy who knows a guy. So if I send some of my book, they could read that and get to know me or listen to the audiobook or the ebook or whatever. But it, it's a way to open up that conversation and and get it started that you might not otherwise be able to without a book. And that brings us to the other thing is what's the one thing that you most misunderstood about being or becoming an author? Was there any conception that you had that you were like, wow, I totally had that wrong? I, I think once I became an author, it demystified it a little bit for me. And I didn't have too many misconceptions as I started writing because I had some a friend who said, you should write. Here's why. Here's what's going to happen. So it was pretty straightforward. I also avoided the more complex side of it because I wasn't professionally published and didn't go through that whole process, which kind of missed out on. Probably should get published someday by a professional publisher. But it it sort of demystified a little bit because once I realized how easy it was for me to become an author, I realized, oh, anyone can become an author. And some people send me their, and I've definitely had people send me their book. I look at it and go, oh. <laughs> yep. Anyone can one become can... an author. <laughs> there's actually, there's a chapter in my book when I talk about why did I write a book I don't tend to make money on. And in it, I say, this book could be the phrase, I am a baked potato 150,000 times between two nice covers. And it would be almost as useful as the book you are reading for my business because I'm an author. I've got the title <laughs> author. It turns out apparently some people like my book and reading it has made them like me more, which is kind of cool. But but it's it's really made me realize that you know, I used to be like, ooh, an author. Wow. How do you become an author? I can't imagine. And it took me until I was 36 to actually write a book. So even though anyone can do it and anyone can upload to, to Kindle Direct Publishing, doesn't mean anyone does. Right. It, it, still, it still is a label that gives you cachet. I don't care... Yeah. How of just because there are so many people that do have, I think, incredible stories, and I ask them to write it down, and they're like, "No, I never could do that." And I, and I just it saddens me a little bit because I know that if you got the impetus to write a book, then that means there's somebody out there that wants what you have to offer. There's somebody mm-hmm. out there asking, and you're yep. the one that's supposed to deliver that message. So, oh, with all that being said, though, what is the primary thing that has been the biggest reward for you about being an author? So once I got into the entrepreneurial space and I'm a bit of a coach and certainly in that coaching space, I feel like I'm, I at least have the minimum qualifications to run with the big dogs. I have a podcast. I have a book. I have a website. There's certain things you you assume at a certain level, you know, what's your website that you have one? What's your book about? Yeah. If I meet someone at certain events I could ask question, what's your book about without them having mentioned they were an author and they'll just tell me what their book is about. And afterwards be like, wait, I didn't say I was an author. I'm like, yeah, but you obviously have a book. You coach at this level. You must have a book. So it's, it lets me feel like I'm at that level. You know, I can, I said, run with the big dogs. Now I may still be a small dog running with the big dogs, <laughs> but I can at least run with the big dogs because I am an author and I do have that, that credential. There's certain things like that, you know, the bare minimum things, business card, website, 
Facebook page that everyone should have. But the next level up is you should have a book because if you can't fill 24, 50, 75 pages with your knowledge and you're in the knowledge field and you're a coach or some kind of expert, if you can't fill 75 pages with your expertise, you might not be an expert. You, you, you might need to go back and do learn a few more things regarding that. So any last bits of wisdom or nuggets of gold you want to share with us before we go today? I guess I'd share the advice that Lisa Saunders gave me when she first told me that you should write a book. If you have knowledge, most people, if they are professionals on a business, could write a 25, 50, 75 page book. It's not they don't have the knowledge, it's that they haven't sat down to do it. And it's, it can be as simple as sit down and start writing. And, you know, I did it on Google Docs. I didn't even use layout software. Like I did Google Docs and exported to a PDF. And that's where my book came from. Now, my wife designed my cover. I couldn't have done that myself. You should see this, the cover I made. It looked like it was something that the 80s threw up. But <laughs> I just had the cover. But for the book itself, it's just I sat down Google Docs. I started writing and I kept writing and I kept writing. And I ran out of things to write and I said, I'm done. And I published it. So if you have expertise, if you have knowledge, experience, even if you're, you know, a carpenter, you're, you've got stories to share, you've got, you know, it could be funny stories. It could be educational stories. You've got something to share, put it out there. Even if only 20 people read it, those are the 20 people who needed to read your story. That's exactly how I feel about that. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today, Michael. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And that's it. Michael's answered our questions and he has got more information in store for you. Let me tell you. So please make sure you visit his website, which is guywhoknowsaguy.com. And thank you so much for being our spotlighted author. If you are an author or you know of an author that you would like us to spotlight, please visit our website at authorpodcasting.com, where you will find the 99 Author Project listed. We talk to all authors from all walks of life as we build out book number 12, which is advice from authors to authors that's due out in 2023. And this is Janine Boland signing off with you today and all of us here at The Eight Gates that produces The Janine Boland Show. We wish you a wonderful week and we encourage you to get your message your story or your knowledge out into the world to make it a better place just like these authors that we're interviewing this year we'll see you again next week and until then keep sharing what you know with others keep shining that light that is you and don't forget to go out there today and just do something for yourself that's just plain fun we'll see you next week thank you for listening to the janine boland show be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to the JanineBolinShow.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the 8gates.com.